Oh, you guys got the clapping thing down. Nice work. I hope you have it ready for all of the graduations you're going to be doing this season because there's a lot of them. Uh, so thank you so much for letting me be here today. And also, I just wanted to say a thank you across the board to you as a church family for supporting me um, as a woman, as a pastor's wife. Some pastor's wives do not get this opportunity to hold the stage, to be up here, and to be supported in doing it. And you all always give me only support and love. And I just want to say thank you so much because a lot of women don't get that. But I get it, and I want to say thank you. So please feel that today. I'm going to be speaking about choices today, and uh, one of the choices that you have to make on a pretty regular basis is a food choice. So if you've ever been to the Cheesecake Factory, you know that the Cheesecake Factory kind of has a novel when you open it up. You can order all kinds of things off of that menu. There's if you just go to the cheesecake section, there's like dozens and dozens and dozens of cheesecakes. So there's so many different ones to choose from. This could go really wrong or it could go really right. And I'm one of those people that has FOMO, fear of missing out. I need to make sure that I am ch choosing that correct cheesecake because I know that everybody else is gonna have a better cheesecake when that order comes. And so I tend to spend a little bit, uh, my husband would say too much time looking over the menu and he wouldn't just say the cheesecake, it's usually at any restaurant we go to. If I don't have a standard order, I'm gonna have a little bit of FOMO and I'm gonna take some time to figure out exactly what it is that I want. So choices can be important and they can be trivial, just like that. We're making choices every single day. And that's what I want to speak to you about today. But for real, guys, that FOMO is, is real in my life. <clears throat> so I've been pondering these choices. Um, and I've been pondering them because I've been thinking about the choices that I've made, not just the, the trivial ones like the cheesecake, but from the very beginning of my life. And I've lived a very vanilla life if you might call it vanilla. I have two still married, very amazing parents who modeled for me how to love Jesus, love his church, and love people. And here's an important one, to be as real at home as they are in public. I have enjoyed close, healthy relationships in elementary school, in middle school, and high school. I enjoyed all of those stages. I'm not kidding, even middle school, like it was pleasant for me. I don't know what happened, God bless me, but I had that. And I chose to go to a Christian university to follow my dream of teaching in the public schools. And I made great friends while I was there. And I also um, received a top-notch education. I met a dreamy man. He was committed. He had a relationship with Jesus. And he chose me. I chose him. And he's been my biggest fan ever since. And we've been blessed with an incredible ministry and two amazing little boys that are world changers already. And when I ponder it, sometimes I think that my story isn't just vanilla, but that it's a little bit dull or boring. I don't have a crazy story about a run-in with the law or a partying story that led to consequences that I'm still dealing with today. It's pretty vanilla. And although my life hasn't been without trial, I always chose God. And he has proven himself faithful to me over and over and over. And so I've been grappling with those choices that I've made throughout my life and my vanilla story and how God could use my story. And he brought me to a section of the Bible, 1 Samuel. He brought me to this story. And 1 Samuel was kind of uplifting to me because Samuel had a vanilla life. Yes, another one. And his life was truly important. 
He is the one that led the Israelites through the transition from judges into having kings. And he ultimately anoints King David, from whom we know Jesus' line leads back to King David. So you could say that this vanilla life man, Samuel, was instrumental in putting the plan of Jesus and ultimately our salvation into play. So I like to look at his vanilla life and let's look and see what it is that he did to make it through life, making good choices with a faithful God. Like many of us, his story began before he was born with his parents. Here's what the Bible tells us about him. If you want to follow along, we're going to be in 1 Samuel the whole time. So we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 3. This is speaking about Samuel's dad. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and to sacrifice to the Almighty God. Samuel's dad was faithful. It doesn't say every other year or every once in a while. It says year after year. He was faithful. He loved his wife. He worshiped God. And he hoped for a son from his wife, Hannah. Now, Hannah wasn't just hoping. She went alongside with him to worship and would pour out her, house, her heart to God in worship. Let's look at Hannah in verse 13. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli, who was the temple priest at the time, thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I've been, not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Mm, to be thought that maybe you are not in your right mind to be praying that fervently that she was right there. She wanted a son desperately. And she was so full of anguish and grief, grief over her desire to be a mother that the pastor thought she was drinking a little too much. Samuel's mom was passionate and devoted to that prayer. Maybe you've read the story and you know that she was so passionate and so devoted that she promised God if he gave her a son, she would give him right back to God. And God followed through, so Hannah followed through. She brought him back to the pastor Eli and literally gave her son to be trained up in the church. Now, this was a little bit more common practice back then, so please take your sons home. Today, I am certain that you are supposed to be their parents, and we are not supposed to, so please don't forget to take your sons home today. So here was Samuel literally living in the church, and this section goes on to say, The boy Samuel continued to grow in stature and in favor with the Lord and with people. He is favored by the Lord, and the Lord began to speak to him. But there was a problem. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7, it says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He has gotten this far in his life. His parents have set him up for success, and he is living in the church. He was prayed for before he was born. He was deeply cared for emotionally and physically. They brought him to church, and yet it says here, he did not yet know the Lord. Hear this. It doesn't matter your start. It doesn't matter how close you are or how often you come to church. It matters if you know the Lord. You can look like the best Jesus follower on the outside, but still not know him.
Parents, you can teach your kids the Bible. You can give them a great start, but they still need to make the choice on their own to serve the Lord. And that's where Samuel is. Now, Samuel didn't just stay there. He stopped what he was doing, and he started to listen to the Lord. The Lord was speaking to him. The Lord was leading him into a relationship with him. But he had to stop and listen. Let's look at what Samuel did. There's four things that I saw in his story that he did that actually helped him to grow that deep personal relationship with God. In chapter 3, verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. He got himself a mentor. You need to surround yourself with people whose relationships you admire. People that you say, that's where I want to be. That's what you need to seek out in your life. It doesn't have to be a person that's older than you. They don't have to seem like the wise Yoda type person. You can have a spiritual mother, but you can also have a spiritual sister or a spiritual daughter. And all of these can be just as powerful in helping you with your personal relationship with God. Samuel, he chose Eli, but Eli wasn't perfect when Samuel chose him. He had questions and he went to Eli and they worked it out together and they developed a relationship. You can't find what you're not looking for. You have to seek him or her out. Parents, you can assist your kids in finding possible mentors. If your child had a hard question today, who would they bring that hard question to? You might say yourself, but is there somebody outside of yourself? Because if you don't have somebody outside of yourself, they're going to find somebody. And you want to place that mentor in front of them that you trust the answers that they're going to say. Otherwise, they're going to find someone else to speak into their lives. And if your kid attends one of our Move Kids or Motion Students events ever, they already have a community group leader who's investing in them. Get to know their community group leader. Bring them over for dinner sometime. Give them the authority to speak life into your child. Encourage them to meet outside of church time. Set your kids up to succeed. Let's look at the second thing that Samuel did. He listened. The Lord came and stood there, it says, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. He heard God calling, but he actually had to do the listening as well. He chose to listen. The key here is that he listened. When was the last time that we slowed down enough to listen to God? When was the last time that you slowed down enough to listen to your own thoughts? This world tells us to go, 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 but the word tells us to slow down and listen to God. Speak for your servant is listening. Parents, model that quiet time for your kids. Let them see you focusing on God. Show them what you do during your quiet time. What are you reading? Why are you studying that? Set the example. Use the tools that Move Kids and Motion students provide. If you have a Move Kid, they're doing God time. If you have a Motion student, they're working on their all-in soap packet right now. You've got that tool there. Do it with them. Provide that time, that quiet time with your kids. Check out what God said when Samuel took the time to listen. Verse 11. And the Lord said to Samuel, 
See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. Uh-oh. <laughs> Eli's family, his biological sons, were not living God's way. They were living a sinful life. They messed up big time. And God wasn't telling Eli about it. He was telling Samuel about it. Maybe because of the relationship that they had built already. But phew, talk about drama. This was a test of Samuel's character, and he came through. In the morning, when Eli asked Samuel what the Lord had told him, Samuel decided to have the hard conversation. Here's what it says in verse 15. <clears throat> Samuel lay down until morning, and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you, Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May it God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. The third way that Samuel models growing in your relationship with the Lord is to have the hard conversations. This is so difficult, especially when it's someone that you deeply love and respect. But in order to grow in this walk with the Lord, Samuel had to obey and have a truly difficult conversation. I want to challenge you to do the same in your life. Men, call your spiritual brother and tell him about that thing that you haven't told anyone else. Ladies, get coffee with your spiritual mother and let her know that you're struggling with eating your feelings or gossiping about a neighbor or shopping to fill that emptiness inside and you can't stand under the debt that you've created. Tell somebody. There's no point in having a mentor, a spiritual mother, daughter, sister, if you're only discussing the newest best-selling book or the best baseball stats, there's no point. That's just a friend. You need to take those friendships to the next level and do what Samuel did. Have those hard conversations. Be honest with the people God has placed in your life. This is scary. There's no doubt. It means risk. It means vulnerability. And you might wonder what what happen if I open up to them and then they think less of me? Or what happens if I tell my fears, this is even worse, and then they expose me to other people? These are real fears and they can keep us isolated, but that is not how God wants us to live our lives. He has created us to live our lives in community. Let me tell you this, it is worth the risk to invest in other people that are around you. And parents, don't avoid those hard conversations. Let your kids feel the depth of a difficult word shared in love and walk them through these emotions while they're still under your roof because they have you as a mentor at that point. Don't avoid discussing suicide or abortion because if you're not leading them through their thoughts on that, somebody is going to. 
And you need to do it or you need to place somebody in their life that you trust what they're saying and put them there because if we avoid these conversations, our world is going to continue in the direction that it's going. And we need to have those hard conversations just like Samuel did. <clears throat> don't avoid discussing those things. And don't forget to tell your face also when they have those hard questions because it matters what your face looks like when your child is having a conversation about something important and your face looks a little scary. It needs to look trusting and ready. All right, let's look at the fourth thing that Samuel does. He reads God's word. The Lord was with Samuel. It goes on to say, as he grew up, he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel, from Dan to Beersheba, recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh, and there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. Through his word. God did not provide and protect his word, the Bible, for it to sit on a shelf. It is alive and can be used to reveal God to your heart if you take the time to read it. Parents, read the Bible yourself. Read the Bible with your spouse. Read the Bible with your kids. And don't be afraid if your kids have those hard questions. How you react when your kid says, I'm not sure about this God thing is really powerful. They're going to know if you are a trusted person to listen to how they're really feeling and if you're ready to help them walk through this walk. Because remember, Samuel had all of the preparation, but he had to make the choice. You cannot choose for your child. He has to make the choice. She has to make the choice. Make your house a, a safe place to seek out answers to their spiritual questions, to those hard questions, and give them the tools to fall in love with God's word. Samuel's vanilla life modeled a relationship with the Lord so well. His life was full of hard conversations, mentor-mentee relationships, and he was so blessed because of it. Use Samuel's example. Let's look back over the four things that Samuel did to keep a faithful life to God. The first thing we need to do is get ourselves a mentor. That person is going to help us through those difficult times and be there to uh, celebrate when those things are good. Number two is listen to God. He is speaking to you. You have to listen. And sometimes you need to say no to something so that you can have time to listen to him. Number three is have those hard conversations. Don't let the fear of being exposed or being vulnerable to somebody else stop you from the next level that God has for you and your relationship with him. And the fourth one is to read God's word. I recently had a conversation with another pastor's wife, and um, she didn't have the vanilla story that I did. She came to faith later in her life and had a struggle at the beginning of her life and still struggles a little bit with some of the things that went on at the beginning of her life. But she has two children who are in high school who have led a very vanilla life. And she was struggling with the fact that she wasn't sure if her kids who had led this very vanilla life would be able to love God in the deep way that she did. Because God had saved her from the life that was 
so ugly that she didn't want to be a part of. But they didn't have that in their lives. And she was struggling with that. And I was so thankful to be able to say to her, I am that example. I am your son or your daughter. I am that vanilla life person. I chose and I was faithful with God and he was faithful with me. And I love God just as much as you do. Because I had those spiritual mothers that helped me when I had those questions. And because people had hard conversations with me. They didn't sugarcoat everything in my life. When I had a question, they helped me find the answer. Because my parents taught me to listen and to read God's word. I am so thankful that those people chose to invest in me. Here's your challenge. Do you have a baby on the way? Your choices matter today. Pray over your child with fervor like Hannah did. I want to see you looking like a drunk person. And I want to come up to you and say, what happened? And you're going to tell me I'm praying for my daughter. She is coming. My son is coming. And I am preparing for him. Moms and dads are preschoolers. Your choices matter today. Model that quiet time with God. This is the most powerful time to model your quiet time because there is no quiet time when you have a toddler. Every toddler's running around wanting you all the time. You can't even go to the bathroom. We'll show them how you have your quiet time then and they will not lose their quiet time when they are adults and grown and out of your house. Teach them that rest is not just for when you have time, that it is important. Parents of school-age kids, your choices matter today. Give them the tools to fall in love with God's word. Reading, writing, and arithmetic are not the only areas that they're being educated. If you are not investing in their spiritual life today, somebody is. And you need to be the one that's investing in them. Partner with the church in the Orange Curriculum. Invest in them today. Middle school, high school parents. Your choices matter today. Don't avoid the hard conversations in love. Help them find those godly mentors for when they can't hear from you anymore, they need to hear from somebody else, put that right person in their path so that they can make the right choices. Or maybe you yourself are stuck. Your choices matter today. What you choose to do with your time, who you choose to tell, how you choose to parent, how you choose to love matters today. Choose wisely. Come on, church. Can we please stand right now? Please stand. Your choice matters today. The choice of how you're going to raise the next generation matters today. Yes. But your choice for yourself matters today as well. Choosing wisely is choosing the path to follow the Lord and Savior. We don't just want to raise our kids in the ways of the Lord so they won't depart from it. We want to be able to have ourselves follow the ways of the Lord and not depart from it as well. Your choice on how you're living your life matters today. And I want you to just go ahead and close your eyes right now. And a choice 
that I'm going to give you, the choice that's before you in this moment, that the Lord was speaking to Samuel and he had to respond, here I am, Lord, I'm listening. I believe that today that the Lord is speaking to some of you in your heart and he is just saying, I, I want to be part of your life. And the only response that you have to be able to say is just, here I am, Lord. And I say, yes. A choice is yours and a choice is clear. And how are you going to respond in this moment? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me, I'm saying yes to Jesus. If that's you today and you want to be able to say yes to Jesus, maybe you never have before, maybe you have and you've walked away, or maybe you're like me and I just want to be able to say yes to Jesus every single day. If that's you and the choice is before you at this moment, how are you going to respond and you want to say yes to Jesus, then I want to ask you to just go ahead and raise your hand up. God, I ask for your forgiveness, I ask for your favor, and I ask for your freedom in my life today. And for every single hand that is raised in this moment, God, I pray that your salvation will be new to them. I pray that your salvation will be bold to them and it will be a revelation to them. I pray that your love will overcome all things, all fear that's inside of them. The choice that I make, the choice that I always make, is that I say yes. I say yes to you today. In Jesus' powerful name, and all God's people said.